Hello, this is Charlie Serwa from Charlie vs. Everybody, where no matter what I say, somebody is going to have a problem with it. To begin our first segment, I'll be bringing in guest Drew Stone. And my first controversial statement is that Denzel Valentine and his team that lost to Middle Tennessee is better than Trey Burke and his national championship team. So I'm here with Drew, and he disagrees with my statement. Drew Stone's parents both went to Michigan. He knows a lot about sports. He's a diehard Michigan fan, and he attends many games. Drew, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to get into this argument with you. So although Trey Burke won the Wooden and Naismith Awards for the 2013 season, Denzel Valentine's numbers are better than Trey Burke, and he led a better team. Uh, in the year. So we're going to start off looking at uh, stats, and Denzel averaged 19, 7, and 7, okay. which is unheard of stats for today's college basketball. And Trey Burke, who was known for scoring and passing, averaged less points and assists than Denzel Valentine in um, their respective seasons. Denzel Valentine also led um, – his team to a 13 and five big 10 record finishing in second. Very respectable. Trey Burke uh, finished Trey Burke's team finished 12 and six and tied fourth in the big 10. So if you look at their big 10 seasons, uh, Michigan, uh, the 2013 Michigan state team actually finished higher than the Michigan team that year. So Denzel's numbers are better. Uh, He did not win the awards, but uh, Denzel's numbers are better and he led uh, a better team. So please tell me why you think Trey Burke is better than Denzel Valentine in their respective seasons. Okay. So what people, when people look at college basketball, they look at the tournament. That's just how it is. People remember tournaments. They don't remember big 10 championships. They don't remember records of teams. And just the biggest argument I can say is Trey Burke went to the national championship and whether you like it or not, he was the leader on that team. He was their best player. He was their star player. And Denzel Valentine lost to a 15 seed in the first round. And that's very – I mean, I don't know how you can say a player let his team better and a player is better um, than a different player who made the national championship. In and every single game of the national cha- of the uh, NCAA tournament for Michigan, Trey Burke did not lead the team in scoring. Okay, that's- so – you want to argue that Trey Burke is this big and he led the and, team. Well, then why did they need a freshman to put him in the national championship game, a walk-on freshman? Well, that so, was in the national championship game. Right. But, and another thing is, do you remember the Kansas shot, obviously? Yeah. Very clutch. Trey Burke's one of the most clutchest college basketball yeah, players he ever. he scored 10 points in the last minute and a half. And he had uh, there's no There's the no argument shots. that Trey Burke isn't great. But I just want to know why – Denzel, who clearly had the better numbers, and Denzel will be remembered forever as a Spartan great, even though he didn't win a national championship. He won um, a Big Ten. He won a Big Ten tournament that year and was the Big Ten tournament MVP. He average. He had a triple double in the uh, Champions Classic against right. Kansas, which is a big game, showing that he can play well in big games. And that's the only time uh, he has. I mean, I think he's second, second or third most all-time triple-doubles behind Draymond and Magic Johnson in Michigan State history. Talk about stats, though. Trey Burke, okay, maybe averaged less points and assists, but that is not such a small margin. 
Like they were probably they were so close in statistically in point score. Yeah, it was like, and assists. It was like 18, 19, and, 7. Okay. 5, 7. 3. Denzel, congrats! You got more rebounds than Trey Burke. You're but Denzel was him. the better overall player, and Denzel was also leading a worse team. Trey Burke had fellow NBA draft picks, Mitch McGarry, um, Mitch McGarry, Glenn was Robinson a that year. Glenn Robinson was a freshman. Glenn Robinson was always overrated. Tim Hardaway Jr. was shaky all year. I'm just saying he had other players. Yeah, he, they averaged. So did Denzel Michigan. had a very good team too. Denzel Brent had a very Forbes good team, but Brent Forbes was the only NBA other good for scoring the sport, for the Spurs. But that was the only other good score. Trey, Tim Hardaway averaged. They, I mean, that team had four players who averaged ten plus. That's fair. McGarry, was- Hardaway. Who would have been the third? One more guy. McGarry Hardaway, Hardaway Stauskas. Stauskas averaged 10 a game, and Trey Burke averaged 18. So when you have a team that's so good, and Trey Burke was averaging 18 points a game, which is really incredible good for, for a college. team with other really good scores. So yeah, but he took the most shots. No one. I mean, he averaged damn near 20 points a game. Yeah. Denzel did, I, and that I mean that was out of nowhere. Denzel averaged uh, like 11 or. 10 his junior year. Trey Burke was highly um, – no. yeah, no, going into the year. Trey Burke was supposed to have a supposed good year. Supposed to have a good year, not anything what he actually did. He was the Naismith player of the year, wouldn't whatever. That was – you can't say touch. those awards because of the year. I mean, Denzel went up against Buddy Heald, Buddy Heald. and so. Grayson Allen and Malcolm Brogdon and these unbelievable college players – when Trey Burke went up against Anthony Bennett and all these whore, those were the other winning finalists. I mean, they were bad. So you can't take into consideration the awards that they won because you're playing with different years. But if you look at the numbers they did and what they did with that team, no one's going to remember that Trey Burke led his team to the national championship. People don't remember. People do remember. But they have nothing. What is that? What do you, Oh, we're runner up. That's four, not a award. You don't That's, hang a banner for that. Yeah, you do. You don't you hang, hang a banner, a banner for, for the final four. For a final four, but not a runner up. Okay, you, still made the Denzel's final four. Denzel hang- lost in the first round. What does Denzel have to show for his amazing year? He's got in, except he's got, for individual accolades. He has the a big, team. Yeah, yeah. The team. What did the team accomplish? The team was dominant all year long. Okay, they, they won, lost in the first round to a 15 seed. They lost one game all regular season, non-big time. And they with the unbelievable schedules that Tom Izzo makes for that team, they they beat Kansas in the Champions Classic. Denzel averaged a triple double. I mean, I mean, th- they did a lot. That team lost one non Big Ten game all year long, up until the tournament. They're a very talented team, but I don't. I mean, Denzel's. I just think that Denzel, with his numbers and what he did, was better than Trey Burke and what he did. I right, and I think Trey Burke. And what he accomplished in the tournament, along with his awards, was better than Denzel. All right. Thank you, Drew Stone, for having you. Thank you for uh, having me. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Up next, we have Aiden Haskow. And my next controversial statement is that Tom Izzo, the head coach for the Michigan State Spartans basketball team, should no longer be at the reins of the program. Hello, I'm here with Aiden Haskow, who is a diehard Spartan. His Both of his parents went to Michigan State, and he attended the 09 National Championship game in Detroit. Aiden, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. 
So I just said my second controversial statement that Tom Izzo should no longer be the head coach of the Michigan State basketball team. Through his 24 years at Michigan State, he um, has one national championship, and that was back in 2000, which is coming up on uh, 20 years now. So Izzo has gone 20 years without a national championship. He has a 4-23 and record against Rory Williams, Coach K, and Jim Boheim altogether. And he has continually uh, underdeveloped some of these higher recruits that he's getting. Uh, just for example, recently, Miles Bridges and Jaron Jackson both did not live up to their full potential. And I think the 20 years without a national championship speaks for itself, and I do not think that he has what it takes and continues to show – uh, what a, such a great coach um, does. I'm not taking anything away from his 24 years and his uh, eight Final Fours. I think he's done a tremendous job with the university, but I think it's time to uh, look at something bigger because the Michigan State head coaching job uh, would be one of the biggest jobs in the nation, and I think it's time to keep building our program and get to new and higher heights because Tom Izzo has – uh, from his first round exit against Middle Tennessee with that great team, Adrian Payne, uh, great team, not making it to a Final Four. I mean, he has these great teams that just cannot finish, and he has nothing to show for it. Um, I mean, the Final Four thing is it's cool and all, but uh, we Final Fours don't mean anything to Michigan State anymore. It's time to win championships, and Tom Izzo can't get it done. So, Aiden, what do you have to say about – Tom Izzo, why do you think he should continue to be the coach at Michigan State? Um, so my first uh, argument against you is who else do you take as the coach of the Spartans? I mean, Tom Izzo, again, you talk about the stat. Um, it is very impressive. Every single recruiting class that Tom Izzo's had has made a Final Four. Every senior class except one, Adrian Paines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think – yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate that he hasn't gotten it done. He's played against some great teams, um, a great uh, North Carolina team in that national title game that he lost. Um, and he played a great Duke team in that one final four. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, yeah, he could win some more of those big games. That 4-23 and is a tough mark. Um, but who else – can you ask for the thing um, is this Michigan state job would be in such high demand. I mean, honestly, besides maybe Duke and Kentucky and maybe Carolina, the Michigan state job would be of the highest demand and we could get honestly, anyone that we wanted. Um, you look at all these great coaches across college basketball. I mean, when Michigan's job opened up, Michigan's not a national nationally known program that is going to be getting the best coaches. And mm -hmm. there were a lot of talk of good coaches going there. So I think if that Michigan state job opened up, I mean, if I, if we wanted to stay locally, I think Dan Fife would do right. a great job mm -hmm. with the program. Right. Um, but I also think there are a lot of uh, great candidates out uh -huh. there. I even think some NBA guys would maybe come down uh -huh. for that job because it's just such a, such a great program that I, right. I understand is a built. I just don't think he has what it takes anymore um the four and 23 record is a big deal and the fact that you're right every class and that's a great stat every senior class except the one has been to a final four but i i mean i me along with many other spartan fans where i mean i'm sick of final fours 
Right. We get to Final Four, what? And then we lose? Right. This year, we had the best team uh, down to those four. We had the best team. You ask anyone in the country, we had the best team. 2016, Denzel's team right. got right. snubbed to the one seed. Great <coughs> team. You All you would have thought is Izzo would have been preparing his guys. But day right. in and day out, Izzo does not prepare his guys for big games. He did a great job with Michigan this year, but I also think Michigan was not right. a great team this year. And that's why Izzo was able to do what he does. But, I mean, his Indiana <coughs> – they would have been the best team in the country, but then you lose to Indiana two right. games. I mean, it's these games that he continues to – he continues to not um, prepare his guys. And it shows because, yeah, we win Big Ten championships. Yeah, we make it to Final Fours. But where are the national championships? Right. But you got to also think about, like – and then he's been doing – Still, he does a good job of recruiting, right? He doesn't. He's not the Duke of recruiting, right? But he's he does miss out on all those big guys. He does, but he's also gotten a few big guys. He got Bridges. He got Jaron. You know, out of one class, Rocket though, Watts is a great player. But you look at guys like Brian Bowen and Josh Jackson, and yeah, you wonder what what of it was because right. of money and pain uh-huh. at other schools. But still, he is. He's missed out on big recruits. Uh, the Oregon dude, the. Uh, the big man out of Oregon that he just missed out on. I mean, there's a lot of five-star recruits right. that he continues to miss out on. Isaiah Jackson this year. I mean, right. and or Isaiah Stewart, just okay. guys that yeah. um, have great interest in Michigan State that he does. I mean, people want to talk about Michigan State like they're top of the nation. And <laughs> Duke, Kentucky, Michigan State, like Michigan right. State's a blue blood. I mean, you could say that, but they don't recruit. But Izzo has kept them at that status. But why are they at that status? He loses to Shashevsky. He loses to Calipari. He continues to lose to Bill Self. But, I, but he I, gets to the Final Four? I understand that. And I, I guess what I'm trying to say here is that I'm, I think I could speak for a lot of Spartans. He is wins that, the Big Ten, a lot of Big Ten titles. But we're past that. Right? Why can't we? Why can't we win national championships? Right. Why can't we continue to get but five stars? I don't know stars? if there's another. I don't know if there's a guy that can bring that program to that level. You know. I I understand where you're coming from, but I think a lot of uh, very highly qualified uh, people would love the job and could do great things. I mean, why can why can the Texas Tech coach? Who's no one Chris has Beard. nobody's Chris Beard? Why can he bring his team to a national championship? Right. I mean, even mm-hmm. Beeline gets his guys. Those two national championship teams were not anything special. Mm-hmm. Those were not even Big Ten team, Big Ten winner teams. But right. he just Beeline brought his guys to the big stage, and they were able to perform. And I just think Michigan State deserves a guy like that. And Izzo has done great things for the program, but I think that it's time to look somewhere else. That's all. It's great having you. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it. And last, we have Jacob Schlushel. And my next controversial statement is that Tom Izzo cares more about his players than John Beeline. All right, now we have Jacob Schlushel on the set. Jacob, it's nice to have you. Nice to be here. Jacob's grandparents went to Michigan. His dad went to Michigan. Uh, he's attended many big football and basketball games uh, in the recent years, and he's a big Michigan fan. So thanks for being here. And today uh, we'll be discussing 
that Tom Izzo cares more about his players than John Beeline does. And um, just to look at, I mean, John Beeline recently took uh, the head coaching job for the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, which came as a big shock to everybody. Um, But it just shows that Beeline's been at Michigan for, what, 12 years? 12 years now? Um, And I think this is probably – I, I don't know about the first, but maybe the first uh, NBA job that's come his way, or at least he that he's – He interviewed for the Pistons job last year. Okay. for Yeah, recently just uh, NBA jobs coming at him that he showed interest in. And uh, Izzo has been actually – after his uh, 2000 championship, he was offered the Atlanta Hawks job, and he's been offered pretty much any NBA job opening that has happened in the last 10 to 15 years. Uh, Tom Izzo has been a big target for NBA teams – but Tom Izzo showed uh, how much he cares about um, Michigan State University and that he said he wants to retire there and uh, be there forever. Uh, after a recent uh, scandal of uh, him yelling in Aaron Henry's place, or in Aaron Henry's face, you saw um, on Twitter several of Tom Izzo's past players, including guys like Jaron Jackson, Gary Harris, and Miles Bridges, um, came to his back and said that's just how is is and um they love Izzo and uh Izzo cares a lot about his players and it's just interesting to see how quick Beeline was gone when that Cavaliers job uh came for him right so I would argue that Beeline did care about his players and that it's just that he wanted to coach in the NBA and it was something that he wanted to do to prove to himself and prove to everyone else there was a Forbes article written in 2018 after Michigan made their run to Sweet 16 in that year. And it was interviewing Beeline. And one of his mottos throughout his whole career has been coach the whole player. And it's not just about the talent. He says that he doesn't necessarily want to be known as a coach and he doesn't really want to be known as a coach, but more of a teacher and a mentor for them. And that's what really stands out to me of a guy that truly does care about his players, who understands that most of these guys aren't going to make the NBA and there are more important things in life than basketball. And he wants them to understand that once they graduate and once they leave the University of Michigan, they have to be good people and they can't be getting into trouble and they have to have a successful life after basketball. And he wants to provide them with that. And I find that more important of caring about players and caring about developing talent. I think that's the most important thing a college basketball coach could give to his players. Uh, that's interesting you say that considering after his recent uh, great years at Michigan and all that they've done that guys like Jordan Poole and Iggy Brazadakis and uh, Charles Matthews, three of his uh, best players from the le- from uh, the last four years team uh, who are not in the NBA uh, recent mock draft, but were so um, – so proving that they needed to get out of the University of Michigan uh, to enter the NBA. And you can say that uh, they just want to do that because they want to get in the NBA. Then why not play more years at um, the University of Michigan, who is a great team, was a great team, and they could have done big things. But instead, those three guys said, I want to get out of there so bad that they're not even listed in the recent NBA mock draft. Not, Not any three of them. I don't think that necessarily has a problem with Beeline caring about its players. I think that now, but it speaks on what the culture of the culture is at Michigan basketball and what those guys don't want to be there. So they're chasing the NBA because even though they don't have great aspirations in the NBA, they have more years of college basketball left, but they're somehow reaching. And you just said Beeline. 
cares about his players and there's bigger things than basketball. These guys, did, they're not graduating college, at least right now. They're choosing to go try and play in the NBA when clearly none three of them are good enough. I think they are all good enough. And then why aren't they have, in the NBA mock drafts? They're going to have a career in the NBA regardless of the All three of them. Not. You don't have to be – not all of them are going to have great careers. I don't know. But if you have a chance to go get money, go guarantee yourself – that you're going to have a career in basketball, not necessarily. It's not guaranteed not that they're going to have. They're going to make money because they're none of them are in the matchup. If they don't get drafted, there's chances they get signed to teams. There's chances they go play in the G League. What are they? I mean, there's only chances at this point. And you said Beeline cares so much about his players that it's bigger than basketball. These three guys, it's not bigger than. There's nothing bigger than basketball for these three dudes. But for these three guys, it is basketball. My argument with Beeline is that those guys at the end of the bench who don't have a career in the NBA. That's what he's teaching them. And look, these guys. So he's too, coaching bench players. Is that so? He's more of a coach for bench players. He's coaching the, all the players, and they all have that. And Michigan, they have a great record of their players post NBA. And I can go at Izzo here, where three of Izzo's past players and one current player, they've been arrested on charges. And one of them, Brandon Dawson, arrested on a felony charge for domestic violence. There's not been a single. There's not been a single account of where a Beeline player has gotten into trouble after he graduated because Beeline coaches their character more than Izzo does. I understand Izzo might have the better talent in the NBA, but I think Beeline cares more about the character than the basketball. Guys guys like Brock Washington, I see you have up here. Brock Washington was – this was before he came to the university. And guys like Brandon Dawson and uh, Keith Appling and recent uh, scandals that have been brought up between Michigan State – these are all guys that came into the university um, not in great standings and not with great character. So I think that's uh, – I think if you look at their problems before they even came to the university, I think it's unfair to pin that on Izzo saying he doesn't care about his players. But that's Izzo's job to make sure as a college basketball coach while they're in that age, that's his job to make sure that they're on the right track in life. And I understand some of it might be uncontrollable, but Izzo should be able to – change them and make them better people than getting arrested like Keith Appling was for bringing guns and after Michigan state though, I think that's unfair to say something after one guy makes him, he makes a mistake after Michigan state, not while he was there is those job is to coach him while he's there, care about him and put him in the right path for the future. Obviously it wasn't the right path though. Obviously when you have, when Izzo's been coaching for 24 years, you're going to have some, you're going to have a couple dudes out of the hundreds and hundreds of players you've coached that aren't going to make good decisions in life. But I think that's unfair to pin on Izzo. I mean, if you look at guys like uh, Miles Bridges and Gary Harris, guys who were one-and-done players who came back, I mean, it was a shocking to, it was a shock to everyone that Gary Harris came back. It was an sh- even bigger shock to everyone that Bridges came back. But it just shows what Michigan State basketball is all about and how much the guys love to be there. Not one college basketball program in the entire nation has better support from their alumni than Michigan State. I don't think that necessarily has anything to do with Izzo, though, and what he does. I think it's good that he can be able to bring those players back. But why – if Bridges could have – Bridges would have been a top 15 pick in the draft. His first year. But yeah. he, he said, I want to be with Coach Izzo again. Tom Izzo even said – he said, I don't even know what the right decision is. Tom Izzo convinced Bridges to go to the NBA after his freshman year. But Bridges was so in love with the university and what Izzo built for that program that he wanted to stay his second year. And I think that says a lot about Izzo and uh, what he does for that culture. It does, and it reflects great on Izzo. And I think it, it shows. I'm not, I'm, I would never say Izzo's a bad college basketball coach, but I do think that 
it was very kind of almost foolish of Miles Bridges. Obviously, it worked out for him. He was still a top. He was still a lottery pick in the draft. But why not go get your money while it's there for you? Well, that's the why difference. Risk an injury? Bridges, a lottery pick. Gary Harris, a lottery pick. Chose to stay another year, and it did them the same justice. They're both going to have great NBA careers. And then you look at guys at from Michigan who aren't even in the mock drafts, not going to be lottery picks, who said, I'm going to the NBA. Right, it's just you, the you difference just, you, of the two you programs. Don't, you don't know, though, what is going to happen with those Michigan players. They're not in the mock drafts now, but they still could make the NBA. But it just they're, shows they're how much they're guys. dying to get out of that It's not program. dying to get out. It's not dying to get out of Michigan. It's dying to get in the NBA. And that's the dream. It's not It's not to play college if they played, If they played one or two more years, those guys, the guys who have two more years, if they, had, if they played those, they would be higher in those uh, – NBA. That's not guaranteed, drafts. though. Charles Matthews' draft stock would not have gone up further than it is now. He's uh, he played a great year, and that's why he'll have a chance in the NBA. Not necessarily getting drafted. His, his best draft stock would have been after last year. I mean, I the I, Beeline's not coaching these guys for the future. It seems like these three dudes have no idea what they're doing. I mean, is those guys? You see the path that they're on. I mean, he takes every single player seriously, and he talks with families individually about their decisions in life and what they do. I mean Beeline does that. Beeline did that too. You can't necessarily say he didn't. I'm not saying he doesn't, but I'm just saying that Izzo clearly has a better relationship with the players and the players' families than Beeline ever did. And that's all that I'm saying. And that's all the time we have. Thank you for joining the show. It was a great conversation. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Charlie versus Everybody. In a few days, we'll be looking at uh, the NBA and the dynasty that the Warriors built. And since they have a game tonight, let's make a prediction. I believe that Draymond Green will have 15 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, and then either five blocks or five steals, one or the other. And the Warriors will win uh, easily in their first game back at the Oracle of the series. Can't wait to hear from you. Thanks for listening.